Explorable is a podcast about travel, disability, and inclusion. I'm Josh Loebner, Director of Strategy at Design Sensory. I'm co-host Toby Willis, Senior Product Manager for Inclusive Technology and President of the Ability Inclusion Movement at Expedia Group. We're both blind. And we love everything travel. This is Explorable. We interview experts, advocates, and allies of tourism, destinations, and disability to make each journey more explorable. Hi, Josh. How are you? Last time you and I were in person, it was before all this chaos. Yes, it was. Um, I miss the normality of those times, but uh, I'm managing well. Good, good. Toby, you doing good? Yeah, doing great. Uh, Enjoying the ride. Well, our guest today is John Morris, founder of wheelchairtravel.org, disability consultant and world traveler. John's disability advocacy and travel experiences have been featured in The New York Times, The Guardian, PBS, Lifehacker, and dozens of other media outlets. John has been a lifelong traveler, and in 2012, he became disabled in an auto accident. John is a triple amputee, exploring and advocating for inclusion at destinations across the globe. So, John, here's this first question. Uh, When did you start your journey connecting travel and disability, and where are you in that journey today? Well, I started wheelchairtravel.org in 2015, but my personal, my first experience uh, um, with accessible travel, traveling with my own uh, disability, was at the start of 2014. Um, I had just uh, gotten out of the hospital after the car accident, and I wasn't really sure what was possible. And I took that first trip, actually, to see my alma mater play in the Uh, college football national championship game. And uh, fortunately, they were victorious, so go Knowles. Um, But uh, over the the time uh, uh, that passed since that first trip, I recognized that there was a hole in information. There was a lack of information about travel for people with disabilities. And I started a blog to share some of the you know insights and uh, that, that i was gaining things that i was learning while on the road traveling with with my own power wheelchair and i was sort of shocked to see the response um i started getting emails from all around the world people asking for more information about the places that i had written about and if i had traveled to any other places and so i created uh you know a, a website that was constantly growing And today I am confident in saying that it's the largest accessible travel website on the internet with information about a whole host of destinations. But I think that, you know, the work is far from done because so many people are still out there who have not been connected with the possibility of accessible travel. So many people still have questions that need to be answered. And so many destinations, um, you know, continue to lack information. I'm one guy. I can only go to so many places in the world. And while I'd love to see the entirety of the world, every country and every city, and meet every person, 
I just don't have the bandwidth for that. I can't do all of that in my lifetime. And so, um, you know, it's a work, it's a work in progress and constantly growing, but uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, more people are connecting with the information every day and taking advantage of it to, to open their world. So John, I'd be curious to hear from you some challenges, disability inclusion challenges or, or misperceptions that you've encountered personally or that you've helped the business work through um, and what big problems remain. The first problem uh, I recognized fairly early on because of my website, when I, when I started traveling, oftentimes I was the only wheelchair user that I would see out in the world for days. And of course, there are many other people with disabilities, both visible and invisible, who are underrepresented uh, in the public sphere. But it was those emails from people reading my website that told me, wow, this community is much larger than I imagined. And so I began looking into it. And many studies um, tell us, they estimate that um, the global disability uh, population is about one fifth of, of the entire world's population. And so, um, you know, one of the other things that surprises a lot of businesses that I talk to is that the accessible travel market is the fastest growing segment of the travel industry. And so I think there is a, perhaps a, a mindset barrier um, because people don't see disability um, to the degree at which it exists in society. They deprioritize the need to pursue accessibility and inclusion initiatives. And so one of my goals has always been giving people a platform to show that they exist. And I think one of the ways that I'm able to do that is by encouraging more people to get out there into the world and be seen. Um, you know, I, I want to be seen everywhere, whether it's uh, on the airplane, at the airport, on the city bus, um, you know, in a, in a sporting event, uh, at a movie theater. Um, I think visibility is one of the, the biggest actions that we can all take. Every person with a disability has the right to be seen and oftentimes the ability to be seen as well. And so I try to encourage people to get out there as much as possible. Um, and I think that that really can, can be something that everyone can do to move the needle a little bit and break down, um, break down that, that, improper view that that the disability community is small that's great yeah I, I think we're both right there with you on on shattering that uh misperception that it's just a small small group which it, that's definitely not the case i want to ask a question about compliance versus commitment right so the americans with disabilities act we're celebrating its 30th anniversary now and and there are different uh compliance initiatives across the globe and, and those initiatives are wonderful uh, you know, hoteliers, uh, digital properties, um, uh, online travel agencies, so many are ensuring that there is an accessibility, which is positive, and that that, that is a compliance. But there's also a double-edged sword in that, in that um, potentially some might just see that compliance as 
the only thing to do when it comes to inclusion for people with disabilities. I want to get your thoughts on compliance versus more of a commitment within the travel industry. Well, compliance is the baseline. Um, the ADA in the United States established a baseline disability. These are the minimum standards that exist and all businesses should comply. Um, there are a lot of uh, a lot of spaces within the world, not just the travel industry, um, where that compliance is lacking. And so um, I think compliance is necessary to get people in the door. And then a certain level of commitment on the part of the business owner or the destination or um, you know, any public facing entity, it's very necessary in order to, to keep that customer. I think uh, competition has to exist uh, everywhere. And, and that includes um, you know, in, in attempting to, to capture the business of disabled people. Um, and so I think that one great way to demonstrate commitment is involving disabled people um, in the development of products and services. Um, gaining uh, constantly their input on the accessibility of, of your business and, and, and the product that you're selling. Um, I think disabled people have to be involved at every step of the process um, so that we can ensure that, that you know, whatever it is that we're selling is, um, you know, accessible to them. And and I wonder if you could unpack that a little bit more, John. I, I do. I would love to hear you share maybe a story or two of one where you have seen compliance, but it just kind of stops there. And another maybe where an airline or a hotelier or an attraction maybe pushed beyond that compliance and really welcomed you as, as a tourist or traveler, just, just like anybody else. Well, as a travel blogger, I go on a lot of press trips. So um, destinations or... Um, Airlines or hotels invite me to come check them out uh, to provide feedback and then also to share it with my readership. And, uh, and I think that those, um, those businesses in particular have demonstrated a higher level of commitment than is required um, because, uh, you know, they, they brought in, you know, my input and uh, they're actually targeting um, the disability community. Um, I, just uh, I've just released a uh, a survey to my readership this year, and I asked them in the travel industry, um, ha have you or have you not seen a disabled person or any marketing uh, towards disabled people in um, a travel industry advertisement? And ninety percent of them have said no. And only 6% of them had said yes. There, there were a few percent there who were not sure. And so I think that, that there is um, a lack of commitment um, across the industry, uh, and not just the travel industry, but across all segments of the economy. Um, but there are certainly, certainly businesses that are taking, a, taking things a step further. Um, I'd like to point out Delta Airlines, for example. Um, they have established a disability advisory board. And so they brought on people with disabilities from across, uh, um, you know, the community, all types of disabilities uh, from around the country uh, to provide input uh, and insight into their services for disabled people. 
it's uh, it's something it's a very small investment that a company makes, but it can have a potentially enormous impact in the uh, passenger experience for Delta's disabled uh, customers. Um, so I think I think that that is a great example of a, a major corporation involving disabled people um, and, and learning from them, learning from their experiences to um, curate a better product and service offering. Yeah, that's great, John. I um, appreciate that sentiment. And I often encourage companies to um, to hire, you know, and don't just hire people with disabilities for screen reader testing or certain roles that are related specifically to their experience, but hire professionals to do various jobs throughout their company. And there's, you know, the unemployment rate is, is unacceptable uh, in, in the disability community. So companies um, like Delta can uh, not only have that advisory board um, built in, but they can uh, affect change in the employment side of, of the house as well. Uh, another point Absolutely. you touched on that's very near and dear to my heart is what I call in inclusive design is good design. And we can make this more awesome for everybody by getting it right for those of us who need it most. And I think putting people uh, who live this experience like us um, in in the in the role of, of product product development, uh, design, and implementation roles that that uh, influence how the products and services are delivered is integral to uh, scaling and sustaining change and uh, driving for full inclusion of the disability community. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, I think visibility at all levels, um, when you talk about employment, um, I think, I think that's critical. Um, I always remember when I see another wheelchair user, um, uh, working at a company that, that I am a patron of and, uh, and also other types of disabilities, uh, being so involved in the broader accessibility and inclusion movement, um, you know, I, I'm aware of what I'm seeing. And so um, it's very, uh, you know, I think, it, I think it's very important to have um, that, that level of inclusion, um, you know, to, to welcome customers who have disabilities as well. Um, and then designing um, something uh, around a uni universal design is, is one of the I think uh, the tracks that we're on. Unfortunately, I think I think that's a great example of uh, of an ex an example of commitment rather than compliance, uh, because the ADA doesn't uh, embrace universal design. Um, it it embraces a um, a targeted approach at creating accessibility for particular situations and to aid particular people and particular types of disabilities, um, whereas universal design creates an environment that is uh, useful uh, uh, to, to everyone. And so I think, um, I think that those are some of the trends that I'm certainly tracking, um, uh, in particular within the travel industry. Awesome. I appreciate that insight. And that's a um, good segue into the last question here. Um, as we start to wrap up, we're interested to know from your perspective, why the disability community is important to travel. 
Well, I, th I think, you know, if I'm, if I'm talking to a business owner or a board of executives, the answer to that is uh, the business case. Um, there is an incredible uh, amount of value that can be captured um, in serving the disabled community. Um, Open Doors organization uh, did a study a few years ago um, that, uh, that, that said the value of the accessible travel uh, market in the United States was $17.3 billion a year. And so that's an incredible sum of money um, that, that businesses can compete for and win uh, if they embrace uh, accessibility and inclusion and, and creating products and services that appeal um, to, to disabled people. Um, so I really think that the case is the business case and, and also recognizing the fact that this community is growing. We, we've heard um, very frequently over the last five or so years about the, um, the baby boomers who are soon to uh, or, or in the midst of retiring right now. And so um, these, uh, these people are bringing a lot of new capital uh, to the market. And um, one of the things that everyone likes to do is to travel. And so I think that it's important to create a, a travel industry and travel products and services that are open to those people who are going to be coming with a whole host of uh, physical uh, challenges and uh, and I think that that can benefit not only someone like me, who um, you know who came to to be disabled in a car accident and now uses a wheelchair, but it can also uh, benefit uh, retirees as they age and and certainly as our uh, life expectancy increases. Yeah, that's great. Uh, inclusive design is good design, and I think you know accessibility is not inclusion. And um, these are some really good points. And uh, I want to add that the, the estimated global spend is 95 billion. So, um, you know, for those of you listening who work, um, you know, and have a global reach in, in your uh, business, that's a very compelling number when you're speaking to leadership. Uh, you're talking about there's, there's no real disruptors in the, the travel industry, and it's a $95 billion market and growing. So, um, I think, uh, John, how can uh, folks get in touch with you? My website is uh, wheelchairtravel.org. And uh, from there, you can access uh, all of my social media and email. And uh, certainly uh, look forward uh, to, to hearing from everyone and, and wish you guys the best on this new podcast endeavor. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks so much. Uh, congratulations with everything on your end. And let's stay in touch. Absolutely. Thanks, John. Right. Thanks, Toby. Goodbye. Explorable is a Design Century original production in collaboration with the Travelability Summit and produced by Brad Carpenter. Find out more about our productions, podcasts, and insights at designcentury.com slash originals and travelabilitysummit.com. You can connect with Josh Loebner or myself, Toby Willis, on LinkedIn.